What's up, coaches? Football is right around the corner, man. It's about to be football season. Uh, Oklahoma has their uh, Oklahoma Coaches Clinic. It is next week. So uh, if any of my Oklahoma guys see me out there, make sure to stop me, say hello, uh, chat my ear off a little bit, and, and maybe we can talk a little bit of football. I won't be there long, but uh, maybe we can stop and talk a little ball and, and get connected again. So I uh, look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, with football coming up, if you guys have that uh, – last minute need to get a little bit more uh, film in or or just want some more information on anything with football go to our website runthepower.com again we've got um, we've got our premium videos we've got our standard free videos we've got all of our free podcasts uh, we've also got our summits both of our summits so head to runthepower.com to get uh, any of that stuff this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with the videos from the top SEC strength coaches that will show you exactly how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and to start your 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, go to teambuilder, T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com and enter the promo code RTP. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Huddle. Coaches, imagine being able to rewatch every down as soon as it's over. What could that do for your decision-making, for your team's performance, for your season record? That's exactly the impact Huddle Sideline delivers. This instant replay system creates a closed network that takes what you record and sends it directly to the viewing devices anywhere on the field. Whether you're in the press box or on the sideline, you can watch any play as many times as you need to to learn what adjustments need to be made. You can even connect your viewing devices to a monitor to show your entire offense instant feedback on the last drive. Huddle has multiple packages and pricing options to ensure that you'll find the level that fits your team's needs. Don't wait until your season starts to get this set up. Add Huddle Sideline to your team subscription now to be ready to roll for game one. Visit huddle.com slash RTP sideline for more details. Again, that's huddle.com slash RTP sideline. And last but not least, this episode is also brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up a few months ago with their product, and uh, it's been a game changer for me and Coach Walls. Uh, we especially love the playbook tool that allows us to create our favorite blocking schemes. As you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, and pin and pull uh, out of formation so we can save time uh, and be more productive. Right, So the, that's all preset. We kind of load it up. It's basically a drag and drop from what we've created, and we drag and drop the defense over there. So it saves us a ton of time. Go to JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP uh, to get my Just Play or Just Play for your whole team. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. You guys go do it today. On this episode of RTP, we talk with A.J. Blazik. Coach Blazik is the offensive line coach at the North Dakota State University in Fargo, North Dakota. Listen as we talk with Coach Blazik about his football journey from JUCO to Iowa and up through the ranks to the Big Ten and now at the mecca of college football, NDSU. How North Dakota State has evolved over the years to be able to run any type of scheme or offense and how he likes to design practice and inside run drill to maximize your reps and skills. You can call, follow Coach Blazik on Twitter at Coach 
B-L-A-Z. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, you, you wouldn't believe what I was doing 35 seconds ago. <laughs> I, was cleaning, I was cleaning fish in a cleaning station and sprinted upstairs to get my phone call on time. Sorry, I'm a minute late there. <laughs> no, no, no worries, Coach. What, uh, what are you fishing for? What would you catch? Well, we, we've, uh, we've been here in Minnesota for two days. We've got a couple days left up here in, uh, on Gold Lake. And, two, we've caught some largemouth, some crappies, some northern. No walleye. I'm not a guru walleye. I'm a Kansas farm pond guy. <laughs> well, I'm the walleye guru, so I should come up there and show you how to do it, man. We had them all. I, I would take all the coming. lessons. <laughs> well, so, I was about to say, sounds like a blast. It, it's been fun. It's been fun, but I tell you, the good part starts next Monday when we tee it up in the staff. That's exactly right. Well, let's get it rolling, Coach, so you can, so you can start eating uh, some of the fish that you caught. Uh, so that, how we always start it is just kind of is like a conversation like we just met up at the, at the office. So we don't have anything planned out, but kind of how we always start it is uh, go ahead and let you give, you know, your football background from playing days to coaching and how that brought you to where you are now. So, well, um, you know, obviously I'm a Kansas kid. I was a coach's kid. Dad, dad grew up uh, – I grew up around the football field all the time, and my dad did the same. So it's kind of – we're like the blacksmith family of football coaches. And uh, just what I ended up doing out of high school, I didn't have any opportunities on scholarships. So went to Butler Community College, played for uh, James Shebest and Troy Morrill, and really got, you know, kind of the college football opened up to me there and, uh, back in the days when they only got to keep 10 out-of-staters. And it changed this little old Kansas kid's viewpoint of college football. So enjoyed that, loved the intensity of it, went from there, got an opportunity with, uh, to go to play for Coach Ferentz at the University of Iowa. And then uh, started my coaching there. You know, I uh, met my wife, started our family. My, my wife, Kyla, is an Iowa girl. And, um, but we started there, spent four years as a GA and student coach, and then took off to Hayes, Kansas. And uh, it was a decision that Coach Ferentz was the best. And, and he, and he kind of said, hey, we can do a NFL personnel type of job or, you know, get out and start your own group and get your own group of guys and start coaching. And so I dove on it to go back home uh, to the state of Kansas at Fort Hayes State. Uh, spent four years there, uh, had a heck of a time, ran a couple different offenses, was a coordinator for a while in, in my last two years, and uh, got to really grow as a football coach more than anything. And, you know, when you call the plays, you, you really decide what you believe in, and, and you put all that teamwork stuff you did get, get back together you did as a player, uh, collaborating in the room and putting game plans together. And then got an opportunity to go to Winona State with Tom Sawyer up in, in Minnesota, and really the first time out of my – immediate network you know the Blasek name in Kansas was was my dad was there so a lot of people kind of knew who I was had to forge my way there and, and coach Sawyer is unbelievable still the head coach only job he's ever had it was at Winona State learned a lot about a player's experience uh, the decisions you make how to treat kids how to coach kids making sure all the things I believed in but it was fortified and, and Tom had a huge impact on me as, as a guy that um, just how to be a great person and be a, a very intense football coach with the, the kids like. Uh, and then an opportunity from there, one of our big rivals was Minnesota Duluth. Uh, went with Bob Nielsen to Western Illinois. And uh, he was kind of the outside zone guy. I was a heavy inside zone guy. He was coming off two national championships, and we had a blast. 
uh, with Ted Slofke, our offensive coordinator, really putting an offense together and, and, and having a lot of fun there, some philosophical beliefs that we're very similar and, and kind of creating our own system, uh, per se, in an inside-outside zone world. And that, that gave me an opportunity then when we were done and Bob and the staff went to South Dakota uh, to go with Chris Ash. Coach gave me uh, an opportunity to go back to the Big Ten. It was my first uh, O-line job back in the Big Ten and had a blast. It was a challenge. We knew it was going to be a build project. Um, went in and, and honestly, infallible plan that Chris had. And, and just people had opportunities to go and the staff just – ended up not sticking together every year there was a little bit of turnover and I think we had three different coordinators and so there were some tough things along the way there that you learned you know as a guy that wants to be a head coach someday and and you know as, as far as just staff unity and do everything you can to keep that staff together and then you know it probably the craziest decision in college football was the opportunity this spring to come to North Dakota State with uh, one of my best friends in coaching Matt Ince as the head coach so it's it's kind of gone full circle and, and, and uh, you know, after one year at Rutgers, didn't go back to Iowa uh, to, to be with Coach Ferentz when the opportunity arose and then three years later get a chance to go to North Dakota State. So it's, you know, yeah, I never say look back at anything and, and you just put your head down and go forward and make sure your family's first. But, uh, man, what, what a ride it's been so far and looking forward to the future. Coach, you, you know, you mentioned all of these, these schools and, and all these different schemes, inside zone, a heavy outside zone, and, and then now obviously uh, North Dakota State with, <laughs> with their, um, uh, you know, their pass has been, you know, heavy power. How do you, how do you find a way as an offensive line coach to, to learn all of these different schemes and to be a master at it, to, you know, to, to coach up your kids when even at maybe at the same school one, like you said, three new coordinators come in, they're going to each have the way they want to, you know, run their offense, and it's all going to be a little bit different than than maybe you've even been a part of. Is that just something that you just dive into in the off season? Is that something that you tried to build a base over everything uh, when you were uh, first starting out as a coach? How did you kind of go about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's that is the golden question, and it's been awesome for me uh, to be with all the different guys that I've been with. Um, you know, like you said, my my foundation all the way back to Iowa was your zone guy. And uh, for 15 years, that's really 90% of what we ran. Anywhere we were at, at Hayes, at uh, Winona, we had, we had a couple of years where we were pretty good power at Winona with, with Rayon Simmons and those linemen those last two years. And so, I've, you know, I've been in the gap scheme world, and that was a little bit of a learn for me and uh, a process where, guess what? As a coach, sometimes you got to ask kids questions. If there's guys in the system, I remember Marcus Green and Seth Hahn, some seniors, when I showed up to Winona, were like, hey, who's the new guy? no different than here at Winona State or at, uh, at North Dakota State, you know. Zach Johnson's our only senior this year. But Dylan Radins, Carson Schoenig, um, you know, these are guys, Cordell Volson, that have run this offense. They've done it for three-plus years. Hey, well, you know, how how how'd Riles teach this? Or, how, you know, what was the verbiage you guys used here? Because, obviously, at this situation, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And look for the places that, you know, you can tweak maybe a technique or something. But, uh, I, you know, I, that, that's been the biggest thing for me is you've learned to stay out of the way and, and let kids play fast. And so when it comes to teaching, you know, you build your rules, you, um, you really analyze things because, shoot, take the Rutgers exper you know, experience, three years, three coordinators. You never really got to go back and watch your cut-ups because you were putting a new offense in. So it was a spring ball of learning for me, um, teaching, and then, uh, you know, go put it on the field. And so that first season – Every season we were there, 
was a little bit of adjustments on the fly and, and as the season went, you know. So it's, it is. It's exactly what you said. You got to kind of – you got to be open to change. And I think that's probably one thing that if, if I said I, I've learned to do really well is adjust. You know, there's a bunch of right ways to do it. Just make sure it's the right way that fits everything, the backs, the quarterbacks, the wideouts. It's not this guy's stuck in his way and that guy's stuck in his way. Because I've seen that at some stops too, and, and you really learn that that's how, that's how dysfunction begins. Coach, you talk about all those running schemes too. And uh, is there a way that – I'm always interested to ask because I know, you know, at Winona you guys put up some, some massive numbers and, you know, you'd, you'd made a really good name for yourself there, you know, being able to, to score a lot of points, get a lot of yards, do a lot of cool things. Um, so when you're putting together kind of that, that run game plan, um, is that a deal where, you know, you're, you're making sure you have two runs that kind of complement each other? Or is it something when I install it, dude, I'm going like my three base runs and, and that's what we roll. And, you know, one of them is kind of like your changeup. How do you kind of go about thinking about, you know, how do you complement the two things? I know inside, outside zone, pretty obvious, but how do you spread sure. on those other run schemes? Well, I, I think here's the best. It's funny. Ted Schlafke was, was a college quarterback, was our first, you know, I think Western Illinois was his second job as a coordinator. But as a young guy at a D3 NAI school, it's like, hey, he, he had to do it all on his own. His staff was short. So he gave me a couple ideas week in, week out, and really got me going in the RPO game. And so, you know, you go back to that. I, at, at Rutgers, we were power offense. We were Tom Herman with Drew Merringer, spread, get going offense. You know, kind of got all three there. And uh, but the biggest thing I found is you got to have your foundation and what you believe in, but you've got to be able to adjust to what your kids do. And so that's the first part. What do our guys do well? And so in spring ball, I'm a big believer in you know you you got to find your 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 core things. At NDSU here the last couple of years, it's been some power read. They they actually have run the outside power more than the inside, and just because it's complemented everything so well. So you, you look at that and you analyze and you constantly adjust. But at the end of the day, um, you know, your go-to runs and crucial situations got to be the things your kids believe in. You know, I think situational football is the biggest thing Chris Ash really stressed. And it's something I'll always take is every play is a situation. And, yes, there's open downs. Yes, there's third downs. Yes, there's goal line. But point differential, time in the game, everything matters. And so when you're looking at that as a, as a game plan organizer, you know, I'm much more of a, in just from a generic game plan to the immediate part of the question, I like to have a three-man, two-man surface run game. And so what's our favorite run play in this formation? Okay, we need a misdirection and a counter run off of it. So whether, you know, just take, if you like power at the tight end, then we better have counter or we better have inside zone weak so we can threaten the defense and make them slow down and play honest. Uh, that That's at the crux of game planning, that's been probably the biggest thing I've believed in for a long time is you can't have C-gap power, outside zone, and, you know, stretch uh, some type of uh, a G scheme all at the tight end with no weak side run. And it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised how many guys go, hey, here's my top three runs, and I go, they're all in the same backfield set. They're all going the same way. It doesn't really matter to the defense. Stuff the C-gap when we win. So it's – I guess that's, it, that was a roundabout answer, but it's, I, I like to be able to have a run at both surfaces. Yes, there's a lead run, but there's a complimentary counter run. And then I always like to have some type of motion on stuff, trade shift or motion. So, you know, even a good linebacker has got to think last second. 
No, that's that's exactly right, Coach. And it's something a big thing that I've kind of picked up from this year. And it was it's cool hearing you say it as well. Is uh, I've been really easy as a young younger coach. It's easy and and you're forming up the game plan as an offensive line guy. And there's when you're going to the tight end and a fullback. There's so many I guess cool ways that you can run different things. But but like you said, you know your top four runs are all at the tight end with the tight end and the fullback. Then um, it, like it's just the same thing for the defense and. And you're you're kind of uh, wasting what you should be able to do, which is go weak and and do some things off of some of your strong plays. Correct. Well, and it's honestly, if you come out of spring football and you know what your go-to two to three, I like to say two best best schemes are, they're going to be in every week. They're going to be in three quarters of your formations. Start generic in week one. Jump a tight end in week two. Motion in week three you're halfway through the season running the same play on the same formation. And I think too many guys really try and create too much junk. Um, and it screws the offense up. Guys are thinking, well, how many times do you see a delay a game on a formation in the first three weeks of the season? Cause a receiver ain't lined up on a run play. Well, how much of a waste of time is that? You know? So I, I guess that that's, I, I try and it, It's the old adage, adage, you keep it simple, stupid. Because I ain't real smart. I was a JUCO guy. I joke about it. But it's if you can keep it simple and you can keep the teaching and rules simple for guys, man, can they play fast and your chances of productivity go way up. Coach, you've mentioned rules a few times, and I know that's when, – when Harp and I sit down and, and we, we get to rap about ball all the time, it's like we, we've whittled things down to, like the, to the DNA of, of run game and the DNA of the pass. Right. When you talk about, like, the rules, man, like, is that, is that the first thing you teach your guys? So, like, hey, man, when, it, when it's zone, if you'll just step with your, your play side foot, you're, you're going to probably run into the guy you're supposed to. You know, if it's – There is. I mean, is, is that, is that kind of just you, the most basic thing you, you initially teach and then you hop into technique? It, it is. You look at our, at our freshman incoming this summer. That, you know, we get our one hour a week or whatever with them for football. So, you, that's all I try and get in their head in the first two months here. So, when we go to camp, when the bullets are flying and we're double repping and every one of those guys is getting, you know, 35 reps a team period, the young guys survive and can go right when they're supposed to go right, can go left, you know, gap scheme. It ain't real hard. Inside gap, man, on inside lineman, backside linebacker. It's been that way, the way I've taught it for 20 years. But the minute you start teaching rules, the smart ones go coach. But now if I'm the backside guard and I'm pulling the backside tackle, those rules don't pertain. I said, guys, I'm talking generally speaking. You know, they, <laughs> That's right. they start That's understanding right. <laughs> it. And it's, it's ultimately why I'll have a rule sheet for every scheme we do, but you'll chuckle. I, I ain't got a playbook. I've never had a playbook. I, you know, it's funny. I get here and they go, eh, we got cut-ups, but uh, we never – every picture is different. Every defense is different. And how many times – Jerry Kill had the greatest comment I've ever heard about falling out of my chair at Rutgers. Who plays beer can defense and just sits there anymore? <laughs> Nobody, you know, they're, they're, they're plus and linebackers. They're four eyes nowadays. Nobody plays Oki. Well, Oki's in the playbook from 1987. <laughs> Five techniques aren't the game, the game anymore. Right. So it's, I think guys need to understand rules. And if they got to learn to conceptualize, it is really hard for some of those finite black and white guys. But if they have to get through and conceptualize in their head, man, do they play faster when the guy's a, a two, a three, or a four eye and understanding how I got to leverage this guy from a, a, an influence standpoint. 
Coach, you talk about having, you know, some some main plays, whatever it is at that school. You know, your guys are good at inside zone or your guys in North Dakota State, they're good at power. You find that out in the spring. And so you know you're going to carry that in uh, each and every week. So, uh, you know, middle of the season or later towards the end of the season, how much are you still repping those plays that you've repped over and over and over all year? Are you, you someone that wants to continue to refine and sharpen that? Or are you going to, uh, middle of the year towards the end of the year, start working on uh, – getting a little bit better at some complimentary plays or some uh, scheme runs? You know, I think that is that is the always come up week seven question is, hey, how many times do, I gotta, do we got to see inside zone versus the over front with a shade? Right. Well, <laughs> probably not a lot. You know, these guys – for me, it's the defenses that aren't like ours. We really got to rep our base stuff every week because I don't care if you're at North Dakota State. I don't care if you're at Emporia State. I don't care if you're at USC. If you're 4-3 all spring, 3-4 is going to give your best players fit in the in the fall. Yep. And it just does. Whether you're a 3-4 the last 15 years I've been a part of, 4-3, hey, it's just a different look to guys. You know, so it's those are the things that I rep our base stuff a lot. If, you know, if we're going to see a, a an over-quarters team that they've been the same for five years, they're going to insert the safeties – Hey, we're going to work on some of our specific stuff and walk through and so forth. But I, I've become a big believer the last two or three years. You still got to rep it. They got to hear it. I mean, I walk in the door here, and the first thing Cordell Volson tells me, North Dakota State, is, Coach, uh, here's the calls on power. We ain't make no calls. We just, we just roll with it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but you, all, we, when we all played, we did the same thing. Hey, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a cage call. But we ain't say it. It's a two-eye. We've been doing it for eight weeks, and we're rolling, dudes. We're just running off the ball. <laughs> exactly. So, it, so it's, it's cool to see, guys. And when you make them think and you put something new wrinkle in, man, is it a – you know, it's a cluster for two or three days. And I think that's the biggest one is, is if you got to – I get back to lineman development all the time. I think I'm more frustrated with technical stuff in practice than I ever am scheme because – I think every old line coach wants more time, wants more time, wants more time. I, I just, you know, I've always been, hey, here's my three drills I do every day. Well, that's awesome. The other thing Chris, Chris was big on at Rutgers was, hey, situational football. Make sure the looks they're seeing at those three minutes of this drill are what they're going to see this week in practice. You know, I, how often I catch myself all the time. Well, we're, we're double teaming the three in power, but hey, it's a Oki 4i team this week. Why'd we do that? Just because it's the drill? And, that's where O-line coaches waste a lot of time, and hmm. I'm on a rant a little bit. But te- the technical part is what's really important to me, and I don't, I don't care what position that's at. I think you win with technique. So is that something you're doing then, like an inside? And I know, again, Harp, Harp and I, we've done it a while, and Harp probably got pissed at me a few times early, early on when I'd be like, all right, <laughs> sweet, we can block it versus a static odd front, and we can block it versus a static even front. Like, all right, now let's put them in twos and let's have them move or – Let's bring Zone America and let's bring the cross pops and the crazy stuff because I'm like, dude, that's the stuff that teams are going to do to us because we run this so well. So let's practice the crap that the team makes really difficult. Here's what uh, Nick Gazer and Buda Williams, our DNs and D tackles coach, we connect every day on an interaction drill, whether it's just our base fundamental out of stretch, hey, reach, down block, base block. They're, They're doing key reads we are. So we do that every day. And, you know, if we did a shade one day, we'll do a two-eye or a loose shade the next. They're just the core foundation, we tweak it every single day here this spring. It was awesome. 
Then we progressed to our pods or our half line stuff. And we scripted out. So it's, hey, what are we going to see today? You sit in the same front or you play all your different fronts. We'll run one play. I don't care either way. But if we run outside zone first over six technique four times out of the 12 snaps, it's a waste. Unless it's completely different guys. That's, that's the, I think each guy, that's, if you want to get really detailed, you get your guys in there for four plays and one front. Or one play, four different fronts. I don't care how you do it, but I'm a huge believer in that one. Do not waste a rep. These kids work way too hard. They have too much. We already take too much of their time out of the day. Make sure what they're doing is efficient. And if you do that, kids, kids love it, man, because they're learning. They move, but if they block the same three technique every snap, they're like, Coach, I'm banging my head against the wall. It, it, trust me, they, the monotony of practice wears on them. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I always thought, too, like that, that was when O-linemen would get the most excited, when you'd throw junk at them or something crazy yeah. and designed to take away inside zone, and all of a sudden you freaking gash that thing. That's when guys really – I'm probably the craziest O-line in the country. I don't care if safeties are inside. I don't care if you blitz every snap. Just don't run cross bullets versus every power or versus every inside zone. Give me a different one. Because, like, I, it goes back to Jerry. Ain't nobody going to sit there and play over with the mic in the A-gap all day. They don't do it. They don't do it. And, I mean, you look at the last couple of years, what's really been fun for, for me personally, is you, you see what, you know, Don Brown does at Michigan. They, they got three techniques. They got Mike and Will stacked in the A-gaps and freaking Sam over top. They do stuff you've never seen. And you got to go, do your rules hold up? And nope. I think that's, that's where a kid's comfortability, not so much with chaos. And I think in this day and age of, I love music at practice more than anybody, kind of like elevator tempo to where it's always in the background, but I can still teach. Some guys that just think it's noise and chaos and that's how you get better. Well, <laughs> it, okay, if I, I get it. But chaos to me is different front. Okay, as soon as the kid feels like he has it, boom, it's already a new front again. So it's, that keeps a guy on his toes. So when it happens in a game, there's a comfort with it, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you never are going to hear me go, well, get the safety out of there. No, I, if you're going to take a cheap shot, I'll tell the back to hit you. I don't care. But it, <laughs> That's it, right. You know, it, it's it, no, no coach wants to screw the other guy. I really don't think at the end of the day. I hope not. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I like different fronts, and I think that's the best way for a kid to learn back to the original question. Coach, how many, uh, you know, there's so many different married schemes now, and, and the way that you marry those up, you can, you can add more schemes. And I think North Dakota State's one of the, one of the fun ones that we've watched all, all offseason and saw some pin and pull or some, uh, you know, pulling the, the, just the guard and then reading the backside three. And, and you know, they got a bunch of different stuff they do. Uh, how many do you think schemes is, is it? possible to carry in uh, to a to a season is it maybe not just the number wise but is it does it depend on the kids you have does it depend on you know how much you can marry up or or what are you trying to look for when you're you know everyone wants to have a thousand but you got to marry you know marry it down to something what what are you looking for as far as scheme wise I just had this talk last night with with an old DB coach buddy of mine from Lafayette Doug McFad and he goes Blas what's it been like for six months there we have a very unique situation in North Dakota State. I showed up. There was 15 linemen for spring ball. Well, they only carry 18. Most places, I, I've been to 20, 21, whatever. They double rep every day. We had six on one end, seven on the other. 
And I will tell you what, we care. We have more offense. Go back to, um, oh, heck, between Viggs has been here, Polisek's been here, Courtney Messingham was the – K-State now was here. Go all the way back to, to uh, Pat Perlis. He started the whole thing with just the, the A-gap power. But every one of these guys has put their touch on it, and we, they've never gotten rid of anything. And where it's <laughs> unique here, I, I'm telling you, it, we, we got trapped. We got belly dive. We got inside, outside, slant, stretch, G, pin, pull. Everything's readable. Um, every RPO possible. Star. We, run, we, we can get in the wishbone. Hell yeah, you know star. Yeah. We can get in the wishbone. I'm telling you, I said, Tyler, I just, just come up with something. Go back to 1907. Let's come up with a new football play that ain't nobody run in 50 years. Because it's all in. If they had a playbook, it'd be a million pages. And I, I, when I got here, I said, hey, best team in the country. I'm just going to watch and learn. And I'm telling you, we, we have a kid right now. I think we've got a kid who will be our right tackle. Um, he's been in the program three years. He turned down some FBS scholarships, and he's waited his turn. He's going to be a two-year starter. He'll be an All-American before it's over. He's waited his turn, and that happens nowhere in college football anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the secret. Go go back to Rutgers. In three years, I recruited 13 guys. All 13 are still there. The reason you do well in your pass protections and your schemes and your – they hear the same voice over and over, and guys believe in a system, and they understand their role, and they wait their turn. I think that is the secret in itself. You can run a lot or you can run very little. But if you got guys that are juniors and seniors, just, just go around the country. Look at the – Alabama, I don't see O-linemen transferring a whole lot out of there. Look at the Iowas. Look at the North Dakota State, I just said it. But look at the places that live and transfer you. And I was a transfer, so it's not good or bad, but the places where guys just wait and play, and then they hear the same voice over and over and over and over and over. You know, I, I said it's, it's the first sign of getting old. I said about five or six different schools earlier that I've been at. I've never been anywhere less than three years. I think you owe it to kids to have a chance to learn. And, uh, you know, I, to me, the secret is kids that stay in the program and as our job as coaches is to motivate them. If they're a freshman and not playing, great. Get that sophomore that's got to go to scout team again. How about the third team year guy that's got to go to scout team to help out every now and then? If you can do that as a coach, I think you're winning. And then it doesn't matter what you're going to run scheme-wise. Um, I've always been a pick your two or three and be good at it, but I'm so excited to have the whole freaking history of football in our offense. Well, I think too, I mean, you've talked about it a a few times now is, is when you double rep it, you're, you're, you're developing 13 guys instead of just, you know, your regular five. And then the other guys, you know, if they do have to go to scout team or whatever, by now they've, they've run every single scheme and now you can probably put it into your own terminology and guess what? They're still running your guys' plays. So I think that the double rep and the way you set up practice is so important. Well, here, and the other part of that is we pick which periods and so forth that we double rep, but there's only one line coach. You can only be at one end. So at the other end, guess what? They learn to coach each other. Yep. They learn to talk to each other. They ask questions. It can't just be, hey, coach is going to come tell me I screwed this up. No shit. Well, our, we, yeah, we all get mad at them when they screw something up, especially an obvious or a repeat. But we call us coach. They don't call us screamer. So coach them, teach them. And, you know, we really empower the older guys to coach our young guys in the summer. I mean, our three young kids right now, you know, our three oldest guys, 
they each have them one-on-one a couple times a week. And it, it is unbelievable if you can get that built in your culture. And some guys are going to go, ah, I can't do that in my place. Sure you can. You're the O-line coach. Do it in the O-line room. I think that's the biggest excuse. That, yeah, I can't do that here. Well, guess what? Then probably shouldn't be coaching O-line. You know, it's like a mini team. So it's you got to you got to build that culture in your room where guys can talk and ask and hey is it, you better have thick skin because they're going to call you out and they're going to rib <laughs> you and they're going to make fun of you but we also know hey ask a question if you don't know the, the worst question is the one you don't ask because you make us all look bad on Saturday so it's been fun watching these guys and, and even when I left at Rutgers and really everywhere I left hopefully if, if anything I know guys are comfortable asking questions and they know at the end of the day that, uh, that we, I want to get them in the best situation to win on Saturday. Coach, you had mentioned how important technique was to you, and, and I think that that's probably the, the way that I fall probably as a coach as well, probably almost to a fault as a player. But um, as a coach, I'm more a little bit more that way as well. Um, what are some of the, the, the major, I don't want to say technique flaws, but some of those, those major things that you have to really teach your freshmen that come up, uh, that are coming up out of high school? What, what seems to be the – um, the, the few major things that, that you have to harp on quite a bit with your freshman groups that have come up over the past few years um, technique-wise to get them uh, translated from high school into a college offensive lineman? You know, I, I think there's a couple things that, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter what level, whether it's seventh grade. You know, my son's going to be a freshman this year, so I've watched, you know, some youth football the last couple years and all the way through high school, college. The NFL, I mean, some of those guys are freaks, so it's not always the best film to go, hey, this is how you do it. Well, his hands are outside, and he just, he's a freak of nature. But the biggest things I think I harp on with our guys is a natural base, running off the football, playing with elbows tight. You know, Joe, Joe Moore, and it was obviously it's the Coach Ferentz deal. Joe Moore was Coach Ferentz's mentor. Joe would come, man, and he was hard on us. 1999 and 2000 seemed like it was. <laughs> 1973, you know, the way Coach Coach Moore coached for those weeks that he came in. And, 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 but the, the thing he sunk in with me, and I, I coached it this way, and this is one thing I'll – guys coach hands and feet a lot. You can get hands and feet in front of guys, and your core and frame aren't there. So if you come to North Dakota State practice or anywhere I've been, my biggest thing I talk about your knees and elbows. Get your knees in front of guys in the pass game. Get your elbows inside in the run game. And my, my last big one is reverse arc. You know, old-fashioned athletic position. But if you if you got your tail tucked and your shoulder blade tight, I don't care if it's flat back, if it's upright and pass pro, a quarterback taking a snap, a baseball hitter in the, in the box, a golfer approaching, an athletic position with a reverse arc is probably the biggest thing that I don't hear people talk about much anymore is just being an being athletic position all the time. And uh, so – Natural base, run off the ball, knees and elbows tight because you got to be inside the frame and reverse arc. So those are my things that I coach constantly in the weight room and walk through. Uh, anywhere I go, that's what I'm coaching our guys on, young or old. Coach, uh, maybe getting into to some of the stuff, you know, what's kind of your progression on, uh, on teaching some, some pass protection, you know, and, and developing those guys? Because I would assume you know, most, most kids that come up, especially in the Midwest, I wouldn't say there's as many passing offenses maybe as there are, you know, some of the other, other places. It's, it's shifting a little bit. But, you know, a lot of kids I would imagine are, are not very proficient in the, the drop-back pass game and pass protection. So what are some things maybe that, you're doing there? 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're dead on. I think probably the Midwest might be the least lacking. You go, you go watch a majority of teams. All they do is line up. And they're going to run off tackle left and off tackle right, and they're going to punch you in the face. And you know, where they they are lacking in pass pro. But for me, I think there's so many ways to skin the cat there. A lot of guys teach it different verbally. Um, start getting so many different sets. You know, I I think you got to minimize how much how much you actually teach guys. Um, our young guys are going to learn one one set. They're going to learn a base block, a reach block, and a down block. If they can master those four things in a year, if not two years, then they're going to be set to kind of progress to some different sets. And I'll, I call it algebra two is kind of the next phase. But uh, from a pass standpoint, I, I think Zach Johnson's our only senior this year. And if I remember the conversation right, he came to summer camp, didn't win a one-on-one rep, had never passed court in his life because they didn't do it in high school, and they signed him here. And he's probably one of the best players in the country right now. So it's, I think that's a learned skill. Nobody in seventh grade goes, pick me, pick me. I want to be the guard, and I want to pass that. Everybody wants the ball. Everybody wants to shoot, whatever you're playing. So it's, it's not a natural sport position, I guess. And so as a coach, honestly, sometimes the less they know, the easier it is. It's like a fresh ball of clay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good call. I think it's it's the same deal. I mean, I, I'm sitting there and I liken it to me, you know, me not being an, an offensive line guy. I didn't have any bad habits when I when I started to learn how to coach it too. So, you know, kind of having that that blank slate, I, I really kind of I can really kind of connect with that. I think it's it's a huge deal because it's so hard to to ha- teach some of those guys to unlearn those things. You know, especially kids that you know, and I'm sure you see it all the time too. Kids that you know have poor movement patterns from you know the weight room or or specialization at a young age, whatever yeah. it might be, when they come up and they're, you know, they're, they're, you quote, stiff or whatever it might be. I think that's where you run into way more problems than you do with, say, just a kid like, man, this guy's a great athlete. He's played three, four sports. He can do a lot of cool things. I can really mold this dude. Well, I, I do. I think that's a crutch again. You know, I, we talked about it earlier with all the different offenses and how do you – guess what? Mike Leach is probably one of the smartest guys in college football. Do I teach the bailout vertical set they ran at Texas Tech? No, but it was their offense, and everything fit around that. And so he said, let me make it easier for these guys. Spread them out, backpedal. Nobody can get to my quarterback. Pretty smart if you don't have a great old line when you first get there. And I think so many guys, especially if you go somewhere new or if you've ever been to a job where, hey, you got to build it. It, it is, it's easy to go, well, this is what the book says. This is what the video says. Or, yeah. you know, I think the, the problem with O-line play is the specialization nowadays. I got guys that come in and they're, they're kept sliding and they're directing and coaches. For, no, it, it, it doesn't fit what we do. It, it's great for that guy who has no game to answer to being right or wrong. But it, in the game, this has got to be part of all fits together. And I think there's some habits that we got to kind of reteach at times. And so many guys at summer camps, uh, and it, I, I chuckle, it's probably head coach as much as anybody puts so much into, does he win the one-on-one? The one-on-one pass rush. Well, come on now. Uh, yeah, if you're going to throw it every time, put, but we run the ball. So we have a shoulder pads camp, and we watch if you move a guy off the football. If he wins pass pro, great. We just got to know how much we got to teach and decide whether we can do that or not. But, you know, every place is different. And, uh, you know, for us, we, we ain't going to err on, will you put your face on the block and will you finish a dude? Uh, that that part will not be – that's non-negotiable here. Uh, pass broke, we can coach that up. 
Yeah, Coach, I was going to ask you a little bit about one-on-ones, you know, in pads. Uh, you know, me and Walls have always kind of been under the assumption, or, or I kind of got it from him, that uh, that's one of our best tools, really, uh, at least at the high school level, uh, for teaching pass pro, is get guys a lot of one-on-one reps and and try to teach them through doing uh, great one-on-one reps and, and learning different things and, and trying to talk our guys into not worrying too much about winning one-on-one pass pro, but instead – uh, trying new things and and working on different things that they need to get better at. Uh, do you do you use much one on one pass pro? Uh, and if you do, is it a tool or are you uh, more of a competition based one on one pass pro guy? You hit the nail on the head. Is I love it yes. because when a guy can win one on one pass pro, he can win in any game. Mm-hmm. And I say that in the old line room. I might not say that in front of the head coach all the time or what. I, guess what? Failing in front of everybody, that's why I think wrestling is such a good sport. You can't point your finger at anybody. In mm-hmm. one-on-one, yep. you, you can't go the left guard, you know, he, he didn't help me out. Well, no, it, it's you. It's one-on-one. I don't care if he's loose, tight, inside eye. Set him. You know where you got to set your, your set point. Set there and compete. You know, I think that's, that's the fun part. I love one-on-ones at practice. Matter of fact, I, I choose to D-line up. I have fun. The old line thinks I probably hate him in one-on-one. <laughs> Because I'll jump over. I used to just go down the line, you know, and I put a lot more thought into one-on-ones these last couple of years. And, you know, Shane Burnham and I did a lot at Rutgers the first year, just tried to get creative so it wasn't like, here we go again. But it was, you know, we, we use like a popcorn method where I stand behind the D-line. Or Sorry, I'm, I'm just giving a cadence. The D-line coach is behind the O-line telling which guy's up. So the ones are up for five reps. you got to set every time. Uh, do you think you get better if you think you're going every rep? You're dang right you do. As opposed to just, I'll just lean back until my rep's up. So we've, we've really tried to refine and put a lot of stress on it. I think it's a great teaching tool when you're in the program. I think it's a horrible tool to go, is this kid good enough to play here or not as an evaluator? Yeah, especially when there's no – Yeah, especially there's no pads on and you're, you're getting bull rushed by a guy and there's a mismatch. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, Hundred hundred percent agree with that, but like like you said, the the competitive nature of it, you know, the the confidence I think that it breeds, especially in guys who have maybe been told, you know, what you're you're not that good of an athlete. You go play offensive line. To me, it was such a great tool to be able to juice those guys up and pump those guys up when they finally block some of those speed and edge rushers. You'd see that confidence go through the roof, and now all of a sudden, guess what? When a dude's confident, he's a hell of a lot better run blocker too. It is one. He- it's 1,000% mental. And I remember my days, you might go into a game and the third pass hit, I've lost two of them. I got whipped. All of a sudden, your dauber gets down. I don't even want to go to one-on-ones. It's, it's like your old batter. You know, you get, you, get in a, 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 you get in a rut. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm jinxed right now or something. And guys hate going to one-on-ones, but if you go every day, you just push through it. And I, I think it's a great tool in the program. I just I think too many guys will put so much on it for evaluation on scholarships for high school kids. No, I, I, I'm with you, Coach. And, and, you know, kind of being on the same competition uh, part, how much in the spring did you guys uh, get to work with your defense? I know you talked about, you know, hooking it up with your D-line and, and doing some things. How much were you ones-on-ones or even ones-on-twos uh, in spring ball uh, at North Dakota State? Uh, with your defense, how much do you guys get to hook it up, and and how much do you believe in maybe even doing uh, certain good on good stuff during the season? No, I think that's 
that's huge. It's, we, we hooked it up a ton in spring. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to fall camp because it sounds like the first two weeks of camp, it's, it's no different. And we get on and we go. Uh, you just – everybody gets a little, well, what if so-and-so – hey, what if, they, what if they get hurt in week one? The next guy's got to be ready. Knock on wood, nobody gets hurt. But you got to get that good work in, and you got to have good on good. So that, like you said, the confidence. You know, a good player knows if he's going against a good guy or not. And uh, so I think that that competition part is so big, just for the mental aspect, to, for a guy to have confidence in his technique, not just hey, can I do it or not. Uh, but but at North Dakota State, we're going to tie it up. We, like I said, every day we would have one of our if we had 20 minutes of just separate indie one of the five-minute periods is going to be we were coming down, whether it was four at a time on a base block, whether it was two-on-ones, whether it was two covered guys, open surface, tight end surface, and come over every now and then. So we'd manipulate a lot of just very um, controlled chaos, I guess. There's no backers. There's no – and then there's days where we would get together and do half-line. Backers would want reads. And, you know, in this, this day and age of 8,000 formations and unbalanced and formation of the sideline, it seems like every linebacker coach says, I can't do inside. I don't know the formation. So <laughs> I, I, that, that one still gets me, you know, because the guard knows. doesn't matter whether it's three by one or two by two. Do I have leverage? Don't I have leverage? And, but, uh, but, but inside, we do, we do a team run action deal. I actually joke with our defensive guys a lot. But we'll do full team uh, because our receivers, you're going to block, you're going to run play action. I, you know, sometimes uh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, teams like to go, hey, how can you go to North Dakota State as a receiver? All they do is run it. Uh, I think Darius Shepard's a pretty good player with the Packers who caught about 8,000 play-action posts and yardage and touchdowns. And <laughs> That's exactly right. Got, yep. I, I think you got to build a receiver's mentality. Hey, you know what? I'm going to whack this guy on two crack blocks. I'm going to pin him on a screen, and then here we go. Fake crack over the top. And they understand how to set the blocks up and set the game up and really to build their pass game. You know, I, I, so I think that's a sidebar there, another conversation for later. But, you know, our receivers understand, hey, we're going to touch the ball a lot. Here's my part in our run-run action. We never just do an inside. We do a full team and, and play actions always capable and, and available. Yeah, you go to the NFL, they're not just running, you know, RPOs and now screens on the outside. You're still going to block guys. <laughs> No, the spot receivers got to know plus one, plus two, run support, buzz insert. They got run blocking just like the old line does. And so these receivers think they're not ever going to have to block. There's a reason our guys are successful when they go play afterwards. Coach, uh, I always like to ask the old line guys too, you know, what, what are some things that, you know, defenses can do or maybe, you know, maybe it's personnel, but what are some of the things that maybe kind of, you know, keep you awake at night and, and keep you, you know, scheming a little bit more, watching a little bit more film? You know, I made that mistake about uh, 15 years ago. Matt and I were first O-line, D-line coaches at Winona State. Matt Ant's our head guy here at NDSU. And, uh, you know, he always used to ask me, you know, I said, oh, blitz this stuff, you can rep blitzes. You can... D-line movements, those get tough. And sure enough, I'm at West Illinois five years later. He's the D.C. at, at NDSU. And it, what shows up, the four things exactly. Oh, like, no. So it, it never goes away. I don't let a whole lot out of the bag. But, uh, but put it this way, we, we get plenty of D-line movement work right now at NDSU, so I, I feel better about that. <laughs> Good call. Hey, Coach, I'm, I'm always curious. Uh, it's, it's a tough thing, at least for, for me at the high school level or, or for us as a staff, is where you work the fullbacks in in practice. Um, you know, it's, 
it's for us and I've heard you know we went to K-State a few weeks ago and, and when they were at North Dakota State I know that I believe Messingham maybe it was that had uh, tight ends and fullbacks and he kind of kept them separate but um, uh, you know it's tight ends a lot at least in high school with us they're with our offensive line because of some of their double teams and then fullbacks you know sure. are, they, are they coming with tight ends or are they going with tailbacks they're kind of in a weird position we've got the coach for tight ends fullbacks but even even with that they're not doing the same thing necessarily as our tight ends uh what are you guys doing at north dakota state with your fullbacks at, during practice you know generally speaking just i think the whole in the last five years the evolution of the off the ball tight end i think that has become the and this is my shout out to true fullbacks that's like the the soft fullback that doesn't want anybody to see him when they hit them because That's right. the two fullbacks line up four yards deep and say, meet me in the hole, here I come. Those guys get a maneuver box and insert and double chip and slide across. So it's, you know, it, it, now to answer your question, we, we work them all together. Tyler Roll, our offensive coordinator, has them all. Um, you know, I, I've seen guys do it in the running back room. I've seen guys do it in the tight end room. Uh, a lot of times a true fullback, he's got to fit stuff like a tailback. He's got to read it, read it, read the block, and then fit off the O-line. So whoever has him has got to be able to teach him, hey, here's how a running back is going to fit this, how you need to set up an influence blocks like a back. But physically, they need to work every day like a tight end or O-lineman. And so Ty does a great job. I mean, his, our indie, they get after pretty good. We got, we got Ys and Us and Fs. And I think if there's a tight end, there's no better place because we got P's and R's and D's. And we got more tight end tags and nicknames. Um, you got to be a rocket. I mean, all of our guys are like engineers and all that stuff. But um, I, our guys work with our tight ends because they do. We'll spend at least five minutes a day with the line and tight ends. Uh, the tight ends are in the pass game. That fullbacks might sneak down with us a little bit. But uh, but they got to understand all the protections and they got what are they? The, the glorious flat route and the glorious sit route over the ball is about all they ever have to deal with. But, <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I think we do – Ty does a great job with him because he's been doing it so long and knows how it fits in our offense. That's, that's kind of how we roll. That's that's funny too. Cause I remember, uh, you know, Nelly said so many stories uh, about when, you know, NDSU would play him at Northern Iowa and Kleiman would be up in the box and, and Farley's asking for the personnel. And, you know, three guys would run off oh. the field. They're oh. in, 20, you know, 22. And three guys run off the field, and he's like, "Climbing, what's the you know, what's the personnel?" Like, uh, it's twenty-two. No, three guys just went off the field. Yeah, I know. They just put in new new tight ends. We could be in fourteen personnel and put four fullbacks in the a gap, and we could be in fourteen personnel and be an empty. That's what's really cool. Is you got to be, you know, everybody sits in those rooms and goes, "Well, they know what we're doing in this. What if we do this sometimes? Do it sometimes. Do it." I, you know, I that's, that's the big thing guys won't do, and they've they've done a great job of it over the years. Here is. And these tight ends will show up anywhere on the field. Yeah, and it, and it's such a, I mean, such a tool, obviously, to to be able to have those guys do so many different things. And and honestly, uh, and you touched on it with with you guys having every play under the sun. But I think that's something that probably gets overlooked more than anything at at NDSU is uh, it, it's known as the a gap power place, which rightfully so. Uh, you guys run it unbelievably well. Uh, but man, yeah. just so many, so many different complimentary plays off of it, and plays to their own, and and uh, you know, sitting down with some of you guys and and talking about the four or five different ways to run power for the tailback and the fullback, and then 
uh, like you said, uh, you know, some of the G schemes and, uh, you know, star and, uh, it, you know, one of my favorites that I'm really looking into is the under center. Um, uh, I'm calling it the pin and pull with a fullback. Uh, just so many different things. And then the, the uh, diamond formation with, with all the things you guys do out of that, man, it's just uh, for a defense hey, just remember to this. get ready just remember for this. it. Remember this, pin and pull with the fullback. That's the old student body left and the student body right. Green Bay ran in the 60s. So they just reinvent the field. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to have all that. And then, and then you guys are in diamond, you're reading the backside three, and then you're – I mean, it's it's so many different things. It's got to keep a defensive coordinator up late at night. And then he's also got to get his guys ready. And that's just if they stop power. I mean, if they don't do that, then there's not a whole lot of, of fancy stuff you have to go through. It's just uh, we're going to do it until they fit correct. it right. You're 100% correct. And then because of all this stuff – so this is where I'm, like, changing my own philosophy – uh, you're always evolving, but being a guy who, hey, here's the two things, hang your hat on it and be the best at it. Guess what? If, if, if we're very fortunate to have some great players here, but if we can do a bunch of different things and that kid who might not be as good as my guy has to think, you know, I'm on the other side usually. My guy's not as good. Let's make that better player think. Well, flip it and go, hey, if, if, if you've got a pretty good player and he can handle all this, and that guy who's not quite as good has to think, oh, my goodness. That's right. And I think that, that, that's where it, it's, it's a pretty good setup here. <laughs> Makes it fun to coach these guys. That's yeah. exactly right. And, and then, you know, the, the thing that I've always heard, and, and I'm by no means a, a defen- defensive uh, 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 guru or anything like that, but I've heard just unbelievably great things about – uh, the defensive scheme and, and run fit at the guys up there at NDSU. Uh, that, that's uh, talking to the guys at K-State, man, that's all they raved about was just, um, you know, that was the best defense by far they saw all year was was the one that they had to go against in spring and fall and, and just made them such a better offense. And that's been preached here. I mean, that, that, that's the whole, hey, you lose three old linemen inside. I don't know if I've heard that since spring, camp, spring ball started of who are you going to replace? Because you got two juniors and a sophomore that they've been repping against our defense for three years. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about, hey, who do I play? I just played against the best in the country and for three years. And I learned to hold my own. And I learned to block them. And, you know, so I think that, that's part of that one as far as you go back to if all the scheme, no scheme, the defense is great. They don't do a ton of things. Nope. They're under the philosophy of this is what we do and we can match everything. I have rules for every unbalance, every formation. Everything's rule-based for, for their base defense. And so, you know, it kind of if you look at NDSU as a program, we got to do what you do and do it great on defense. And then we got to, hey, we got everything under the sun. But our kids have been here long enough practicing it. They know it all. So it's, it is it is both sides of the coin there. And, and ultimately, you know, you go back to you got to give – Coach Bull credit for getting it kind of back on track. The glory days in the D2 years, he brought it into the FBS or FCS world. And then when the staff changed, kudos to administration. Keep half the guys around, find a way that it just kept going. And then you had to change again. Guess what? Half the staff's around, hire from within. The administration, and go all the way to the top, President Brashani, is the, it, the program's been built on consistency for kids. And that's the part is these kids win and run the program, you know, as much as as coaches, we like to say, we do this, we do that, you know, Riles 
Connor Riley had a phenomenal room. These guys were coached up, ready to roll. I, I get to come in and just keep making them better. You know, that's all five of us new guys. And five years ago, they did the same thing. So it's, I think I mentioned at the very beginning, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, but retention of staff and players is the way to win in college football. Well, and I think it speaks – the other thing you said, I think it speaks so highly of the program is, is uh, you know, multiple, multiple guys that are turning down uh, big-time Division One, uh, 1A scholarships, uh, you know, to, to go to North Dakota State because that's, that's the program they want to be at. No doubt. There's, there is no doubt. And I've sat here and said some great things uh, about this program don't kid yourself. It's the same for coaches. I just left the Big Ten to come be part of a phenomenal program. That's right. And and I'm telling you, it sounds nuts. But my family, my close friends are like, God, you're a different guy. And, and I've been – I love the building process, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. But to just come be around part of a culture has been has been a lot of fun. And, and where it's already set in – the direction's going full speed. I just got to jump on a train and try not to get hurt. You know, that, that, that for me, I'm back to watching some new stuff again and, and the relationship with these players. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'll tell you this is, you know, as you guys know, you've been doing it long enough now that, that it, it, every job's not decided on dollars and cents. And I tell you what, I, I couldn't be happier to be where I'm at right now. So I, when I talk to a kid about turning that scholarships down, to come here and play, it's important. Mm-hmm. The chance to win a title is not everywhere. There's very few in the country. And to do that, you work awfully hard. You put a lot of hours in. And, uh, you know, that's a fun part of this profession is the player or the coach. Coach, man, you know, the the, the other thing that, that I've noticed, I mean, you, you mentioned all the, the head coaches that have kind of, you know, turned around and then kept it going. You know, Coach Bull, Coach Kleiman, and now Coach Entz, all those guys were, were defensive guys. You know, and I yeah. – if that's like you know the the having that mentality of you know we're gonna we're gonna out outwork people we're gonna have continuity we're gonna do what we do we're gonna hold people accountable we're gonna work our tails off in the weight room but we'll do it the right way and then at the same time we're we're not gonna be super hands on with the offense you know let those guys kind of do their thing and we know we know they're gonna do a good job but you know to me it's it's been interesting to see that you know a lot of people. I think overlook that fact that that whole program was based with, you know, defensive dudes. I'm an old line guy. And it's been said since the beginning of time, everybody's fired up with all these 80,000 points and how many <laughs> plays I get. I got 197 plays in. Well, awesome. You lost by three, I, I, you know, and there's a lot yeah. of really good offenses. Don't take me wrong. Yeah. But, but I've, the ones I've been a part of defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to the people in Iowa, Norman Parker, man, he was a secret there for a long time. And what it's just offense scores points, defense wins championships. And I'll say that over and over and over and over. Um, because if you can't play defense, it don't matter. You're holding the zero, guess what? You can't lose. Yep. So it's you know, I, I think there's there's something to it. I'm an offensive guy, and I know that might not be everybody's offensive favorite thing, but uh, I think the defense has been a secret. It's code green, and, and all, the offense has been awesome here. You score tons of points, roll people up, throw it, run it, whatever. But this code green defense now is is it's it's a special deal now, 
and, and it makes it pretty easy. Tyler, Coach Roll jokes all the time. So you're telling me I only got to score 16 points a game and we can win? <laughs> that's right. Well, there's a lot of places in the country. If, if you <laughs> told them that, OCs are running to get to that place. Yeah. And uh, so, it's, you know, I, I do think there's something to the defensive deal, I, you know. I'm going to have some short fields too, you mean? We're going to three and out some people? Yeah. They're going to turn yep. the ball over and yep. sack the quarterback? Like, yeah, this this could be great. I can score a lot when I get the ball in the 40. There's no doubt. Now, I'm biased. I think defensively and O-line coaches, you can bring they, – they just they, there's a toughness they bring to the program. And, you know, I just that, – that, that's the other thing I think probably is, is they'll put their hat on you. Well, Coach, coming up on an hour now, uh, but – so we're we're about ready to let you go. But now, last question I always like to ask everybody is: yeah, when you're watching yeah. when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? I have one goal: if I watch guys block people off the football field, <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> and we had, we had two of them this spring where guys blocked a human being into the side of the the indoor facility, and. I think the rule is when they're outside the field, you can't block them. There's been a flag thrown a time or two. <laughs> but when you talk about finish, it's a mentality. It's a warrior mentality. It is just a, a burning drive inside a group of guys to physically annihilate somebody. And, you know, I, I do – I think I'm impressed when guys run a lot of schemes and all that stuff. But when guys can just physically – more than just block a guy, you know what I'm saying? And and you watch that stuff, man. That's fun to watch. Coach Ben, love it. You're getting me psyched for football. I wish we could start next week. <laughs> and you're you're also getting me psyched to actually go out and and do some fishing too, man. So I hope you're having a blast oh. in Minnesota. And it's it's been a while since I had to talk to you, so it's been good to uh, to catch up, man. I look forward. No to doubt, you guys are the best. You guys are the best. Best of luck this fall. And heck, if we can get you up here to uh, to Fargo, find a way, man. You stay at the house. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.